If you got your Bible, turn to First or St. John chapter 1 and verse 6. And uh, I just want to preach this morning the Word of God and uh, share some things with you. I believe that God is doing an awesome thing in America in churches that really want to do something for Him. Now, I, I believe that and I didn't say this down to the other church, but the problem with the church is the building. Now, what's the problem with the building? There's nothing wrong with the building, but we come in here and we worship in the building, and we serve Jesus in the building, and we testify in the building, but when they leave the building, we sort of forget about testifying to the world about Jesus. And forgetting about telling them about the love that Jesus Christ has for us. Now, the Bible says here in John, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. As I said up at, down at Bethesda, doesn't matter the name. The name could be Ben, uh, could be Ernie. Lord, help us with two Ernies. It could be George. <laughs> it could be anything. But, you know, God chose Ben. So, you know, we are proud to know Ben. And I've known Ben since he got saved. He came to church up at Racing for a long time. And then he got saved and called to preach. And, you know, I was, uh, I was at that time, I was his presbyter. And uh, I retired and... And uh, now Ben's down here preaching, and I got I get to preach two services today. Amen. Let's ask the Lord's blessing. Father, just thank you for your word. I thank you for your spirit, for your power, and for your anointing. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, for Ben and Leslie, their life. I thank you for their church. I thank you for their people. I thank you for the people that's gathered here today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm going to preach to you today because I, I just believe in preaching the truth. And uh, I believe that the church, you, you're doing great things. I, I want to commend you, all that you're doing, the, the shoes and all those things, they get your name out. But we have to follow up on that by inviting them to come to church. It's good to have pizza parties and all those things, but... The ultimate goal should be to get people in the church, to get them saved. Amen? The Lord told us to go into the world, and I'm, I'm going to preach about that in a minute. I want to read about the Great Commission in uh, St. Matthew chapter 28, starting at verse 16. And uh, it says, then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain, where Jesus appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All power is given to me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to deserve all things whatsoever commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Now, when Jesus told the disciples 
that we need to go into all the world. You, and you say, how can we go into all the world? Well, you're sending missionaries. You're helping missionaries. You're supporting missionaries. So this church is going into all the world. And it's good to go into all the world, but now we need to go to Quincy and Vanceburg and Lewis County and bring them into the house of God. Now, you, you think about this. How many of you believe that Jesus is going to return one day, as he said? You believe that Jesus is coming back. All right, now what if you have a, a, a mate or a child that's lost? You are not want him to come back yet, right? But one day, he's going to come and he's going to tell that he's going to step on the clouds of glory and he's going to tell the church to come home. Now, you know, I have loved ones that are lost. I, I lost a brother. at He was about, I think he was 47 years old. And uh, I don't know about his salvation because I was not around him. And But I, I wonder, did I do enough while he was on this earth to tell him about Jesus? I've had friends to leave this world, and I wonder, did I do enough to tell them and point them to Jesus. Every one of us has a responsibility. The Bible said go into the highways, the hedges, and compel them to come to the house of God. Here in Kentucky, we'd say go into the hollers and get them, amen? Go in them hollers and get them out of there and bring them to church and teach them about Jesus. Don't let them stay heathens about the Word of God. Not that they're heathens in the in, in one sense, but if we don't know Jesus, that makes us sort of a heathen, a rebellion against God. So every one of us has a responsibility to go and tell people about Jesus. You say, well, I can't tell him. What am I going to say? The Bible said, if you'll open your mouth, he'll fill it. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost will give you words to say. And when you start doing what God says. Now, you say, well, I am a meek and mild person. I can't really talk to people. Do you use the telephone? Talk to them on the telephone. What about Facebook? Facebook is not a place where you air your dirty laundry. Amen. It's a place that where I get prayer requests, where I talk to people about Jesus and tell them, that Jesus is coming. See, we have all kinds of means that the disciples didn't have. The Bible says that tells us when we go into the world and tell them about Him, that it's His responsibility to save Him. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to me. But you know, we've got to lift Jesus up, lift Him up. We we lift everything up, everybody up. We'll lift a singer up. We'll lift a NASCAR driver up, a ball player or something up. But let's lift up Jesus. It's nothing wrong with liking sports. I love sports. I love watching Zion Williamson, even though I don't want him to win the tournament. I love to watch him play. But I want Kentucky to win the national championship. Amen. And see, there's nothing wrong with that. 
But, but also, I have a responsibility as much as I love sports that I love lost people. Amen. I love them. Why? We need to love everyone. There's no one that we should shut out. Everyone should be welcome to come to the house of God, and we love them. No matter their background, no matter what kind of lifestyle they're living, we have a responsibility to love them into the kingdom. I like what it says. Love God, love people. I had the church up there to say that. Can you all say that? What's it say up there? Love God, love people. Now, you know, our first responsibility is to love God. And we need to love Him with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, with all of our strength. We ought to love Him. We ought to serve Him. We ought to be in the house of God every opportunity we have. And then we need to love people. You say, well, some of them don't look right. Some of them don't smell right. Some of them's this and that. What were you before the Lord saved you? Where was you headed before Jesus saved you and brought you out? You say, well, they don't look like church folk. What's church folk? supposed to look like the world is you know the world is our uh, is is our uh, place that we go to win them so what is the what what do we look like I mean you know one day a little girl was working at church and I had on jeans and little girl stopped and she said the preacher wears jeans I mean you know we're just people just like they are we have a lot of things that's in our life that shouldn't be there. We're not perfect. We're not perfect people. There was one perfect person, and that was Jesus Christ, and they hung him. So remember this. We're imperfect people serving a perfect God. And so other people are imperfect, but we need to win them to Jesus. We need to tell them about the love that Christ has for us. And they might say, well, I've done this, I've done that. It doesn't make any difference. I don't care if you've been married ten times, the Lord can save you. I don't care what kind of lifestyle you're in, Jesus can save you. And the church must realize that our responsibility is to not change them, but to get them to know Jesus, and Jesus will change you. How many of you know Jesus will change you? Amen. He had a lot of work to do on me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, there was things I loved. I mean, I, I loved them. I, I loved it. You know, uh, about 9 o'clock on a Friday or Saturday night, I, I'm getting dressed. Amen. I'm getting dressed. When I was in the world, Friday night, about 9 o'clock at night, I'm getting ready to go out. I'm getting ready to go out and enjoy the evening. I'm getting ready to go out and, and to partake and, yeah. and, and things that I liked. I, I actually liked them. I actually loved them going out and doing those things. I wasn't, a, I wasn't much of a, a beer drinker. I didn't like beer, but I, I liked to go out. And, and I liked the atmosphere of it. But one day I came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, and he saved me from those things. Yeah. Now, I, I, uh, you know, I still, uh, I, I am a, chaplain for the American Legion. I, I don't drink. I, I go on Wednesday and have lunch with a, a cousin and somebody that I was overseas with, and I tell them about Jesus. We always pray. Every meeting we have, I, I lead in prayer. I close in prayer because they need to, they need to hear that. They need to know that there's God everywhere. And, and don't forsake 
your non-Christian friends, love them in the kingdom. Tell them what the Lord done for you. Amen. I mean, you know, sometimes, well, I heard a preacher one time tell me, Brother Ernie, he, he got saved. You know, I remember when he was a heathen, he got saved. And he said, I hate working here with these sinners. I thought, I love working here because I've got a gold mine. Amen. I've got a gold mine. I've got people here that's not saved. I can tell them about Jesus. I can tell them about what He done for me. And they've seen my life change. Amen. Right before their eyes, they seen me change. And they said, you know, they'd bring stuff in. And I said, oh, I don't do that anymore. You used to. Yeah, but I'm not the man I once was. Why? Because I met the Savior. See, it, it, we, we need to get a smile on our face. Amen? I mean, Christians sometimes act like... <laughs> I, I, I hate to say this, but they look like their mother-in-law's moved in with them. <laughs> now, you, you might have had a good mother-in-law. I did, and I know my wife had a good one. But, you know, I just use that expression. And... Uh, you know, when we, uh, when we think about hell, we ought to use our regular face. and we think about heaven, we ought to, ought to put on our Jesus face. Amen? Jesus loves people. He loved all of them. He ministered all of them. And I know He liked to have fun because He made you and I. And when we look at each other, sometimes we can get a good laugh. Amen? Praise God. So remember this. They're out there, and they're just like you were. You were lost. You didn't want nothing to do with church. You didn't want nothing to do with God. But one day, you realized you needed Him in your life, and you came to Him. So what's keeping us from sharing the gospel with them out in the world? I, I don't know. You know, sometimes I wonder, what is our mission as Christians? Is it to get to heaven? Do I serve the Lord because I don't want to go to hell? No, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I get to serve Him. I don't have to serve Him. I get to serve Him. I don't have to preach. I get to preach. I don't have to come to church. I get to come to church because it's where I want to be. Because that's where we meet with the Lord and meet, meet with fellow Christians. We need to get that joy in our hearts. I, I, lo I love both these services people come in with a smile and greeting you i've been to churches before and no one greets you we were on vacation one time in florida my wife my son and three of our teenagers from our church back in about 1980 81 matter of fact because i just bought a new osmobile and we went to florida and we go to this big assembly of god churches and i think you know i'm assembly of god i'm assembly of god pastor They'll love to have us. So we go in, and there's three teenage girls, little boy, like, about like your uh, bigger daughter, running around, and my wife. And, and we're in that church, and they're shaking hands with everybody but us. I'm thinking, if I lived here, this would not be my church. You can only get one first impression. When people come to your parking lot, usually within 60 seconds, they are determining where they're going to come back again. And when you greet them with a smile like a young lady did at the door, and you greet them, open the door, you know what that says? 
That's a, they want us to come here. They want us here. So now we got a young lady open the door and greeting them. So what do we got to do? We got to go find them. Jesus said, I've come to seek and to find those that were lost. And you and I need to be like, who was it, Inspector Clouseau or somebody like, was that his name? That would go around inspecting and, and who was it had the, you know, the magnifying glass and they'd go out looking. You and I need to find sinners and invite them to church. You work with them. You know, if you go out to eat, I heard Brother Parsley say this one time. I used to go to his church growth and camp meetings, and, and he'd say, when you go out, if you can't leave a good tip, he said, don't go out. Go home and eat a bologna sandwich and, and be nice to them. Don't, don't give them a hard time and then invite them to church. He said, matter of fact, you give them a hard time, don't tell them you go to... Uh, What's the name of his church? World Harvest. He said, don't tell him you go there. He said, I don't want you to be a bad witness. What do you think is the worst day that a waitress hates to work more than any other? Why? Why? Uh, you, you hit it. They're busy, and they won't leave a tip. Oh, well, we, you know something. Good <laughs> about waitresses. We have a church up home, and we used to be a place. And Shoot, I'm getting old. What was the name of the pizza? Amir's. Amir's Pizza. And this one church had come in, and they would have maybe four or five tables. And it looked like the pigs had been there. I'm serious. Huh? And you look down on the table, they might be three or four, three or four dollars. Waitress come by, we'd, we'd have a bunch of people, but our people tipped good because we told them to. And uh, waitress come by, I, I'd hand her, $10. You know why? Because that table over there was sorry. And she wasn't going to go to their church if she went to church because they did not treat her right. You and I need to learn to treat others as we want to be treated. Amen. If you're, if you're mean to me, that means that you want me to be mean to you. If you're good to me, that means you want me to be good to you. So I have this conclusion as Christian. We're to be good to the sinners if we're going to win them to Jesus. Why would they want to come to a place where there's no joy, where there's no happiness, where people are not praising God, not lifting hands, not shaking hands, not serving God to the best of our ability? See, we're not perfect. There's not a person in this room perfect. I'm not perfect. Far from it. I've made mistakes as a pastor, done stupid stuff. Anybody ever do stupid stuff? <laughs> Amen. We're not perfect, but we're forgiven. And as the Bible said that if you can't forgive your brother whom you've seen, how can God forgive you? How can you come to the altar with an odd against a brother and sister and pray. You can't do it. 
So I believe that the way this church is going to thrive is when we, the church, become the church. When we realize it's not this building. Oh, this building's nice. You could put a pool hall in here. You could put a beer garden in here. Come on. A lot of things you could put in here. But, because it's a building. But we have designated this as the house of God. So this is a place where we come to worship our God. This is a place where we come to lift up Jesus. This is where we come to proclaim the name of Jesus. This is where we come to see salvations, healings, miracles, signs and wonders that the Bible said. Jesus said, greater things than these shall you do because I go to the Father. I'm going to pray the Father. The Father's going to give you another comforter. And that comforter's going to give you power over all power of the enemy. So we got to quit being afraid. we got to quit being scared of what's going to happen if we go talk to them. Uh, what, what are they going to do? Uh, that, you know, we're living in a society that their uh, people are crazy. They might kill you. But I want to tell you, if they kill you, you're going to heaven. Amen. Nikki Cruz threatened to cut David Wilkerson in pieces. Any of you know who I'm talking about? David Wilkerson, Nikki Cruz is a world evangelist. He was a leader of the, I think it's the Mau Mau uh, gang in New York and and they they cut his tires off they did everything in the world to him Nicky David Wilkerson look at Nick Cruz said I love you Nicky Cruz said I will cut you to pieces I'll cut your heart out David Wilkerson said with every piece of my body I will love you they had a a meeting David Wilkerson got a couple of the gangs together. The gangs were coming to fight. They were coming to have war with each other. But he began to read the Bible. And one of them said, my name's in the Bible. His name was Israel. They started uh, listening to what David Wilkins said. And he built a great church in New York City, right on uh, Times Square, right where the worst people were at in New York. So if he can do that, you all can build a great church here in Quincy, Kentucky, where that God is over the land and over the church, and He's Lord over you and I. So all we have to do is to begin to lift up the name of Jesus. And I believe that. I believe, that, I believe this church and the other church can grow. This church is a gold mine. Pastor Ben and them found this church, and man, I tell you, it had been closed down, but now it's been open to the glory of God. It's been open to worship the Lord and to serve Him with all of our heart. And I believe this. I believe that the next time I come, we're going to see more people in this church. Amen. And I'm going to tell Pastor Ben, I'm going to tell him, I said, I need to come down a little bit more often because I love it down here. I love to preach to you guys. You're good to preach to. And when you feel the building and we see sinners start coming down the aisle, it's going to bring joy to your heart. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. When you see them come and kneel at an old-fashioned altar and confess Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Amen. I know. I remember one night, and I hope I'm not boring you. 
I don't know what time to quit. <laughs> but I pastored in LaGrange, and some said, yeah, you was in LaGrange. You know, LaGrange is where the prison's at. But I pastored a church there. And one night, about midnight, I heard a knock on the door. and opened the door, and you, you couldn't see the outside hardly. There was this big motorcycle guy there. His, his mom went to our church. His dad at that time did not go to church. Two of his sisters went to church at that time. And uh, he got some bad stuff. I don't know if what he got. Might have been angel dust or something. And he came into church, I mean in the house about midnight. And, and I talked with him. I said, we need to pray. He got down on his knees and gave his heart and life to Jesus Christ. His other sister got saved. After I left there, his dad got saved, and the whole family served God. They even had a brother that was deaf. I mean, you know, we say they're deaf and dumb, but he wasn't, he wasn't dumb. He was a mechanic and worked on diesel uh, equipment because Wayne owned a, uh, a construction company, and, and his brother would work on all this equipment. And all of them got in church and served God. I believe the Bible said that if we do right, our families will be saved. Amen. It's up to us. No one else. It's up to you and I to win them to Jesus. Amen. What time do you usually quit here? 12.30? What if I go overtime? Do I get... Do you pay me extra... Oh, no. <laughs> No, but I tell you, I feel the love of God, and I just feel, I feel home here. I feel at peace here. I feel like you're, I, you're my brothers and my sisters, and I just love you. And I, those little girls, I, I loved them running around up here. You know what? Somebody said, oh, I wouldn't let them run around. Why not? Let them praise God. I was telling the, the gentleman over there, I said, we had a young girl like that, and, and uh, she had come up here and, in the front, and she would dance with the rest of us, and and she would praise God. And you know, all through her life, she's been a servant of God. They moved to Louisiana. And she's a, a servant of God. She's a great basketball player down there. She's taller than I am. And, and uh, the Lord has just blessed her because of her servanthood. And you know, don't never criticize a young child for running and doing. You know, they, they understand what they're doing. I told them up there. Sister Karen taught my grandkids. My granddaughter is 16. She's practicing to get her driver's license. My grandson's 13. And you know what? Out of all the people in church, they remember Sister Karen because she taught them the Word of God. Folks, you got to teach them. The Bible said train them. Young people's the hope of this church, the hope of America, is the young people. we got to make a difference. we got to make a change. But how are we going to do it? It starts at you and I. We have to be the game changer. One person. You say, what can one person do? It's like the man walking down the beach. There was thousands of them little 
things that run up on the beach and they die if they don't get in the water. Man throws one back in. He gets another and throws it back in. And the man come and said, what difference does it make? He said, to this one, it makes all the difference. To that one, you win for Jesus, it's going to make all the difference. Because one day in heaven, oh, there's going to be a reunion. I tell you, I'm looking forward to that reunion. That day when we all get to heaven and we talk about the things we did here about worshiping the Lord. And we're going to see, the Bible says, you're going to be known as you're known. You're going to know each other. But you're going to have a new name in glory. And that name's going to be yours and nobody else. And you're going to serve Him. And you're going to worship Him. And, and we're not just going to heaven and float around. We're going to have jobs to do according to the word of God and the Bible said there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness amen and we're going to be known as the children of God and our father is going to be the light of that city there won't be no electric bill there won't be no bills coming in because everything is going to be provided because we served him here on this earth I tell you that made me want to shout and run glory to God Makes you want to dance and have a hallelujah breakdown. Amen. Somebody said, you old school. You got that right. My son all the time said, Dad, you old school. I said, buddy, that's right. I'm of the generation that knew to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Just give me a little bit more time. Somebody give me five minutes. Give me five minutes. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty. <laughs> I was, I, I'll tell you how I came into Pentecost Church. I was raised in the Baptist Church. Nothing wrong with Baptist Church. Amen. Nothing wrong with them. They, I mean, they, there's another step they need to take, but preaching, man, you can't beat a Baptist preacher. They preach that they preach hell so hot. I want to get saved every time I hear one preach. Amen. But I was raised in the Baptist church. And I was about 15, maybe 16 years old, and I came home. And I lived in the city of Huntington. And my mother said, Go get a can of cream. I'd go to First Street Carryout to get a can of cream. Now, what we want that can of cream? She was going to make biscuits and gravy. She was going to water it down. Anybody identify with me? See, my dad died when I was 10, and we had to move off the farm in the city. And so I go up to First Street, and I see this big tent in this field where they sell Christmas trees during the season. And we used to play in there in the horse weeds and stuff. We'd hide and, and, and throw horse weeds at people. <laughs> and uh, now they, I'd been in Columbus and I looked over and there was a tent. Man, that music. I run back to the house. I started getting dressed. Mom said, where are you going? I said, they having a party up there and I'm going. They having a party. I walked under that tent. It was a different party than I ever seen. But they had a party. These young, beautiful girls, teenagers, were rolling around in that uh, straw. 
Come on. They were enjoying themselves. And I got me one of them for a wife. That's where I met my wife at a tent meeting. From then on, I was hooked. Amen. I was hooked on Jesus. I, I didn't even know what the Holy Ghost was. I didn't know what a Pentecostal was. Wasn't too long after that, I turned 17 and went in the military. And they said, what's your religion? I said, Pentecostal. They said, how you spell it? I said, I don't know. And it's on my dog tags. Pentecostal. I didn't know what, a, I had no clue what a Pentecostal was. I knew what a Baptist was. But now I'm a tongue-talking, spirit-filled, Holy Ghost, devil-chasing, filled with the Holy Ghost and fire, and speaking tongues. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. What a time we can have in church if we would just loosen up. All right. Glory to God. I don't know if I find somebody else to go preach to now or not. <laughs> I used to preach. Uh, I didn't have no problem preaching 10 days or 14 days when I used to do revivals. Praise God. But you know, I love you all. And I know your pastor and his wife love you all. We, we talk a lot. We ate lunch together uh, Tuesday. And uh, he, just, he just wanted to get a feeling of how the people feel about him. And I know how I feel about him. And I know how I feel about him being here and at, at Bethesda. He's a man of God. Less is a woman of God. I love him. I told. I remember when Ben got saved, and he served me. See, we're servants. We serve our pastors. We serve our church. Whatever we, whatever needs done, we do it. I've had a lot of pastors that I have mentored and trained and sent out to churches and their pastored churches. And I always tell them, if you're not willing to clean the toilet, you're not, you shouldn't be a pastor because we're servants. And we become servants to whatever the pastor wants us to do. If, if they're a man or woman of God, we follow them. We don't worship them, but we follow them. And we do what they ask us to do. And he's asking that we begin to win the sinner's and fill our church up. And the only way we can do it is when everybody gets in one mind and one accord and go forth into a world. You think of the harvest. The harvest is ripe, but the labors are few. Send you, therefore, labors into the field. You know, sometimes we ho holler about the Mexicans coming over, but if the Mexicans didn't come over here and, and take care of some of the crops, we wouldn't eat. they come and do it. Because they, they'll work hard where so, some jobs Americans don't want to do. And I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not I, I, maybe I shouldn't say that, but, but they come over here and, and they see the crops and they see that they're ripe and, and they got to be harvested. You know, the harvest, you've got a short window to harvest a crop. And folks, the Bible says work while it's called day because night's coming and no man will be able to work. Let's pray. 
Father, I thank you for this wonderful congregation of people. Lord, I feel their love for their church, their love for their pastor, their love for me, Lord, as preaching here today. And God, I just know that you have great things in store. And I pray that you would bless this church greater than you've ever blessed it before. And Lord, that we'd catch a vision. And we'd go see if we can't win some to Jesus. And Lord, fill this church up. In the name of Jesus, amen.